Okay, welcome back. We're going to go ahead and continue uh, looking at the conditioning uh, of the world, getting ready for ultimately the embracing of a global world leader who will um, unify the world. Uh, we call this person the Antichrist. We spoke about him last time as we looked at Revelation 13. Uh, this leader ultimately um, uh, empowered by Satan himself. Uh, that old serpent, the devil, as, uh, as personified by the dragon referred to in Revelation 13. There will be this Antichrist. We call him the Antichrist. He's a, a global leader. He's ultimately going to uh, unify the world, uh, ultimately in rebellion against God, and in, in concert with the activities of uh, his sidekick, essentially. We call him the false prophet. He's called the second beast, and he's empowered in much the same way as the first beast is, the Antichrist. And as a matter of fact, he will go on and, 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 and drive the world to worship the Antichrist, uh, Satan essentially being worshipped through proxy in that. And so we looked at Revelation 13 last time and began to talk about the idea that the world is being conditioned to embrace a new normal. Well, we're going to talk more about that today as we look at the political conditioning and, uh, and potentially the economic conditioning as well uh, as we continue on this thought here. So... Uh, it's no secret, and it's 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 an obvious thing that when the world, uh, when people in general are faced with crises that are beyond their capacity to handle, it becomes normal for them to want to look to somebody to lead them, to help them deal with it, to ultimately continue to move forward in spite of it or to get past it. Well, in our current age, in the current situation we find ourselves in, again, depending on when you're watching this, you may not be aware but we've been going through what's called uh, the coronavirus pandemic or the, uh, the, the epidemic focused on the COVID-19 uh, virus. And this virus has uh, had global impact. Uh, people have varying degrees of, of or they, 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 they see the impact of it at varying degrees. Is it in fact as serious a thing as it's been purported to be? I'm gonna set all that aside for just a moment and just state the obvious fact that regardless of how dangerous it actually is, uh, regardless of the numbers of fatalities that being less than they expected it to be, um, regardless of those things, the impact of this disease has been enormous. It's been global as entire countries have quarantined their citizens. Uh, the global economy has taken trillions of dollars of hit. Uh, there is a tremendous amount of impact that this disease has had. And as a result of this, because of the fear that it's engendered, many have looked to their governments to be the ones to ultimately solve it. And that's where I want to kind of spend a moment talking about. Um, in our country, here in the West, in the United States in particular, the great experiment, uh, the nation that is very different from any other nation in terms of its governance, uh, is, is a place where we, we approach these kinds of things with a different mindset by and large. At least those of us who have a mind toward uh, American history or have a mind toward how our American government is set up. I do. I, I, I appreciate very much the mechanics of how our government was established by the Founding Fathers. But that said, because that's true, I think differently, and likely you do as well if you, if you uh, uh, value the American system of government, you and I think differently than most people in the world do. We think in terms of personal rights. We think in terms of those rights being infringed. We have a First Amendment that is at the heart of, of our understanding of what freedom's all about. And so we tend to push back when rights are curtailed. By and large, around the world, though, that's not the case. Most, most people around the world are doing what their governments have said. 
either out of just plain fear or out of coercion by their governments to make sure they do uh, what, what they're told in this regard. And of course, it's under the auspices of protecting um, you know, their fellow citizens from getting this disease, which of course is a reasonable thing. I'm not downplaying the importance of not you know, communicating diseases back and forth. Um, but there's a different mindset. And, and here in America, we tend to push back on these kinds of things if we don't feel they warrant uh, pushing on our rights and that kind of a thing. But I, I make that point just simply to say that by and large, that's not the way most of the world is. And so um, when, when we talk about the idea that there will be a global governance uh, one day, by and large, most countries in the world will not have an enormous problem with the idea of rallying around a world leader who has answers to, to global problems. Uh, and I think the fact that we are enduring this quarantine during this time of pandemic and that is something that is conditioning us to think in those terms now. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, many, even in our own country, um, are willing to sacrifice freedoms for the sake of security or safety, in this particular case, safety from pandemic. Um, and I'm not, it's not like I don't understand that mindset, but thinking of the long-term implications of surrendering freedoms to a government that likely would not want to give them back necessarily. If history is our guide, governments don't generally like to give back powers that they've, that they've taken. But that being the case, in our own country, people are becoming much more comfortable with the idea of surrendering their rights in order to feel safe from uh, being infected and that kind of a thing. We're seeing this in large population centers around our country. Uh, so even within our own country, we're starting to see a conditioning toward that kind of a mindset. Um, and so it should be no surprise, uh, certainly if the ultimate conspirator behind all of this is Satan himself wanting to ultimately bring the world toward this uh, embracing of his man, the Antichrist, at the end, it shouldn't surprise us that there is a, uh, a long game mindset on his part conditioning people ultimately for that. And I think we're drawing very, very close now uh, toward the fruition of that effort on his part and uh, in terms of global government, governance and, and such. Um, and again, it's normal for people to look to the government as the experts who know how to solve these problems. So if that's true on a national level in, in so many countries around the world, what what what's makes it a big deal to see the next step and saying, well, why don't we have a global government uh, that can ultimately deal with global crises like this? Well, uh, no no one uh, no one should be surprised to know that that very call has been made for many many years. Uh, most recently, we've heard it brought out by former Prime Minister of England Gordon Brown, who has called for global governance to ultimately deal with global pandemics and crises of this size. Well, uh, barely anybody batted an eye when he said that. Why? Because that kind of a mindset has been going on for years. Even our own president, George H.W. Uh, Bush, uh, W.'s father, uh, used to call for the idea of a new world order and a thousand points of light coming together and all of these ideas that, uh, that speak of global governance. And he's not alone. A number of presidents along the way have spoken of such things. Uh, so it, it's, it's in, in the sense that a, a conditioning has been taking place in this regard, it doesn't take any kind of homework doing to come across a consistent stream of these kinds of thoughts being put out there as, as being suggested to ultimately drive us that way. We're seeing it, uh, of course, in our day as well. And, and why, would, why would such an idea maybe even be more palatable today? Well, as Gordon Brown's case would make, the idea that a global pandemic requires some kind of global leadership to deal with it. 
We can't have factions of countries all over the place going about doing things differently because they run the risk of doing damage to other countries because they've not fallen in line with a unified mindset on how to approach these things. Uh, um, and, and opposition to such an idea is now becoming uh, seen as, as something that needs to be fixed. As a matter of fact, there's an article uh, that was recently posted on the Center for Strategic International Studies, and I'll post the links to these things uh, in the notes on our YouTube page uh, and also on my blog on parsonspad.com as well. Our YouTube page being with Calvary Chapel Franklin. And uh, the article goes on to describe um, this uh, in, in connection with England's departure, Britain's uh, exit, the Brexit from the uh, European Union. Uh, the art, writer of the article uh, speaks of this, this Brexit as being really a problem that has caused some issues for the uh, EU, which already had demonstrated some problems, uh, uh, or has since, I should say, demonstrated problems dealing with the pandemic as a unified body of nations. Uh, well, on top of that, you know, with, with England's uh, having left the EU, they're also demonstrating a difficulty in staying cohesive. Uh, and so, um, the article writer here speaks of the idea of, of this uncomfortable marriage of 40 plus years, uh, England with the EU, and the result of a toxic brew of nationalism, populism, and anti-globalism sentiment in the country. Uh, populism speaks of the idea that the common person's views have generally been overlooked or, or set aside for the sake of those of the elite. Well, populism is, is the idea that, that that's, that's not the way it's going to be. The common man's views should count when it comes to government. Uh, here in America, our, our government was founded as a government by the people for the people, the very essentially definition of populism. And so that kind of a mindset is something that is an affront to a globalist mindset. Uh, and so uh, when, we see, when we see that kind of a thing like Brexit happen, it brings to the fore, it's sort of, for anybody who didn't already see it, it brings out of the shadows for them this understanding that a globalist mindset is something that is pervasive in the world around us today and has taken such root that any opposition to it now is seen as something, a problem that needs to be solved. Well, how would you solve a problem like that? Well, um, you'd need to find some way to unify the world by some crisis that would, that would strike them as being greater than their need for a, a, an independent mindset. Uh, we need to be willing to concede that, I'm not propagating this, I'm just describing the mindset. I don't believe this, but, um, but, but the world would accept the idea that we need to unify together in order to do battle with, um, uh, to, to, to fight off global pandemics or maybe an economic crisis of global proportions. Uh, well, that's another thing that seems to be on, uh, that, that very clearly is happening around us. Uh, this pandemic has, in fact, brought with it tremendous economic collateral damage. And I say collateral in, in quotes because I think the ultimate conspirator, conspirator, Satan himself, likely in his long game in bringing us to this place, has had all of these things in mind. And, and so when, when, gov when governments shut down their countries and therefore their economies in order to protect their people... Um, Businesses shut down. People are out of work. People can't provide for their families. They can't pay their mortgages. Um, they can't afford the things that they need uh, in order to survive. We go from not just not affording wants, but even not being able to pay for needs and that kind of a thing. Well, how do you deal with that? Well, the government steps in and begins to now give things like 
a stimulus package, for example, where money is now given from the government uh, in order to provide for our needs. Well, what does that do? It teaches us that the government is there to take care of our problems and we can count on them. They're good. Now, I'm not an anti-government person, uh, but, I, but I do believe there's something very dangerous about a mindset that believes that it is good and okay to constantly receive from the government to the point of being dependent upon them for basic essentials. Uh, it becomes something that we no longer, uh, we no longer can take care of ourselves. We need them to take care of us. Well, without trying to jump around too much, but it is a, probably as good a point as any to connect the economic conditioning that's going on as well. Um, it, it, it should be striking to us in that context where we are being kind of, we're, we're sort of being led into a place where we need to depend on our government to provide for us. That it's interesting to me, and again, I'm not a conspiracy-minded person. I do believe in the ultimate conspirator behind uh, any actual activities that are going on. Uh, I do believe that he's working behind the scenes. Uh, speaking of Satan, of course, God is working even behind those scenes, utilizing these things to bring about his ultimate purposes, which is why I'm not afraid of these things, uh, but it helps us to understand them. Well, the fact that we're being driven into the arms of our governments in order to take care of us and provide for us uh, fits pretty nicely in with the current socialist mindset that is pervading our country. A mindset that basically believes that the government should have the power to control the factors of production, ultimately determining what things are made, what things are not made, how money is to be allocated, taxing highly in order to have the means to ultimately control those things. These are all part of a globalist mindset. And it makes perfect sense when you consider how we are being constantly driven further and further toward global governance, which is really intended to be uh, portrayed as a utopian thing. Well, isn't that exactly what Marx was ultimately um, trying to perpetrate or, or put out there as an idea when he talked about his utopian society that you know is basically taught as Marxism? And so um, when we talk about this idea of this conditioning for that mindset, it's important for us as believers to keep a few things in mind. First off, again, God is ultimately in control. The things that are happening around us are going to be very uncomfortable for us ultimately, but we don't live for this world, okay? We are looking for the day that we go to be with the Lord and, and, and we say goodbye to this world, we punch out, we go home, work is done. And so that being said, we should be about the business he's called us to be about. Well, that being said, um, let me uh, just talk about a couple of other things in this regard before we bring this to a close. And I, I want to wrap on that previous thought. Well, how do we approach these things? Uh, another element we should be keeping an eye on is some of the technological advancements. Now, a lot of people make an enormous thing out of this, and it is an enormous thing. But again, it's the kind of thing that can drive us to... to get so wrapped up in what's going on around us that we sort of lose perspective as believers. But let me touch on it for just a moment, the technological element of this. Um, in concert with the idea of, of global govern governance, you would need to have something in place. And the Bible with the mark of the beast tends to imply that this is something that will become a real, not, not imply, it says this will be something that becomes a reality. There will have to be some way in order to provide a means through which everybody can participate in that system. Uh, one current move in that direction would be something known as ID2020 or this global move uh, ultimately to, to create an, uh, a way to digitally identify everybody on the planet. And the idea is that by providing this, we can provide a way for people to get uh, uh, 
medicines, food, vaccinations, whatever it might be to keep them healthy and, and, and a part of the global community. Now, is ID2020 going to be the mark of the beast? It's not currently the mark of the beast. There's no beast yet. So, you know, there's no mark of the beast yet. But, but I, the only reason I bring it out is to say that that kind of thinking and that kind of technology do exist. Uh, no longer is it a strange thing to imagine everybody on the planet having a means by which they can be identified. And uh, ID2020 is, is not currently the mark of the beast. Could it be, though, in the time when the Antichrist rises, if, if this is the primary means by which we're, the world is doing this? Sure, it could be. Absolutely, it could be. Does that mean if you're in the world today and, and, and you've become part of the ID2020 program and they've given you some kind of an identifying mark that you're not going to heaven? No, because there's no Antichrist yet. You've not sworn allegiance to the beast, as, which is implied here in the scripture. But it's just important to recognize that technology like this exists. This is no longer science fiction. This is something that's around today. And that should give us pause. It should help us to realize that, you know, when the scriptures spoke about the way that the world would look in those days, uh, to see things like this coming to be should remind us that, you know, the scriptures really do um, explain what's coming with some pretty striking clarity. And that should make us stop and wake up. Um, the World Economic Forum is another organization that is driving the economy a certain way or seeking to see the global economy ultimately unified together. As a matter of fact, um, you can read about um, articles in concert with this. As a matter of fact, I'll post a couple of links. One is a YouTube video describing uh, the central bank digital currency and how it works and, and why it's a good thing. An article about it I'll post as well. But this idea of a global currency, again, comes together with the idea of, of there being uh, a unifying mark that, that in, in terms of the world's mindset, means you're part of the world system. You're, you're a member of the global community. But if you take it uh, at the command of the Antichrist in order to buy or sell, and you take that mark, you've in fact sworn allegiance to the Antichrist, and you have forfeited your eternity in doing so. And so this is a very serious thing. Uh, again, ID2020 is not the mark of the beast today. Could it be one day? Could be. I don't know. But we do know, again, the point being that technology exists today. So um, again, this, this, these things are just meant to whet your appetite, to consider looking into the scripture more and more, to understand how, it, how the Bible describes these things that are coming, and to do some research on what's going on around you. Uh, and I'm going to stop there as far as the political and economic conditioning that's going on. But in the next episode, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the spiritual conditioning that is going on as we bring this, I think, next time around to a close. And so uh, take some time and look at the links that we're going to provide and, 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 and do some reading and do some homework. But recognize first and foremost, though, that you want to spend the primary amount of your time in the scripture because it's there that we ultimately understand how to define current events through God's lens of eternal truth. And that's the most important thing. So that said, we'll see you next time.